one, or if you don't have one, there's one in the chair underneath you, or open up your phone or your iPad or whatever tool you use to read Scripture. Ephesians chapter 1. The actual prayer, similar to last week's prayer from Philippians, is just a couple verses, but there's some really neat stuff that sets it up on both sides. And um, I'll just give you a little bit of that while you're looking it up. Ephesians chapter 1, most people agree, is the longest run-on sentence in Scripture. That uh, when Paul first wrote this, it's first... 3 through verse 14, most people agree that's like one long sentence. He just cannot contain himself because what he's talking about in that sentence is that we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it's just this amazing thing that just gets lavished on us. And then that leads him to this prayer that we're going to look at today. So I want you to start with uh, reading along with me from verse 15, Ephesians 1, verse 15. For this reason... Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is God's word, and it's true, and we can rely on it. I got to tell you, I was so inspired last Sunday, I could hardly contain myself. And that inspiration actually hit me somewhere right in the middle of this first service, because I looked out over the congregation and I noticed that the entire congregation was wearing these little stickers that say, I pray. And it got me thinking about what a blessing it is to be part of a congregation filled with people who pray. And I got to thinking, I think it hit me about Tuesday morning, I was jogging over here by Truman School, and it hit me, I don't think that I've ever been part of a church that prays more than this church. And I picked up my pace. It was just such a blessing to be able to think about that. And I'm not saying this just to, you know, butter you all up. I really think that we are blessed to be part of a congregation that really believes in prayer and actually prays. And so since that was inspired last week, I thought we would try it again this week. So I've got some agents out there with some stickers. We'd like everyone here to take it. If you've ever prayed a prayer for any reason, you get to take a sticker that says, I pray. Okay, so everybody today who, anybody who's ever prayed for any reason, take one of these stickers and... Uh, again, we, we took the cheap route in making these, so they're a little tough, but if you bend the edge, you should be able to get the sticker part off. We had a couple of people improvise last week and uh, stick it in their pocket protector. That works too. Okay, and while those are going around, I just had a couple more observations about... Um, prayer and about preaching on prayer. And the first thing I want to note is this. There is a lot of interest in prayer. 
And I noticed this immediately after we started talking about this topic, that uh, there was all kinds of questions about what it is and how, how prayer works and what should we teach about prayer, what shouldn't we teach about prayer. There seemed to be a lot of interest right out of the block. I had a lot of conversations about prayer this week. I don't know about anybody else. But more importantly than that, I actually found myself praying a lot this week. And the prayer that I used was the prayer from Philippians chapter 1, praying that uh, people that I know would abound in love and praying for myself that I would abound in love. And that just seemed to stimulate even more interest in the prayer. So that's the first thing I note. The second thing I want to note is it seems like there's a fair amount of angst about prayer, like concern. People have fears or doubts or pain around prayer, anger sometimes. People are unsure. There's uncertainty. And it seems to me that sometimes this angst or this concern about prayer is actually crippling. That because there's uh, something that bothers you about prayer, um, you stop praying. And I know that that angst has that effect because it has that effect on me sometimes. That sometimes when I'm most bothered about something in prayer then I actually stop praying. I don't know what to pray. So this is what I want to try to do in the next few minutes. I want to build on our interest. We already have a lot of interest about this. I'd like to continue to build on that, maybe create some more interest in prayer. And I'd like to try to relieve our angst. I'd like to try us, uh, to get us to worry just a little bit less about praying better or feeling like we need to pray more or feeling like there's some magic formula we have to arrive at. So what I'm going to do is try to give some structure, as we did last week, that can just maybe come around us to help us when we're struggling to give us some words to use. So we're going to do that in just a moment, but I want to actually start relieving your angst by showing you this little video clip first. And this is a guy named Michael Jr. on prayer. Right for the first time when I started going to church and I would walk in and the pastor was like, he said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, well, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know if You want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. Right? Then they explained to me, right? Your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't, not, I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what I'm going to pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good. and She must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. <laughs> she was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, but seek. S is in search. E is in everywhere. E is in excellent. K is in kingdom. You're the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. <laughs> now it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not gonna let her out pray me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord, you are good. You were good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosing moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because, you know, as the, rec- as the rocket's red glare, Lord, 
Okay, proof to the night, Lord. I believe I can fly, amen. Okay, so the first point is prayer is not about out-praying anybody, okay? <laughs> I think sometimes this creates some of our angst because we think that we have to pray uh, particular words, specific things. We have to get the formula right. We have to sound good while we're doing it. We have to make sure that we cover all of our bases. But prayer is not about um, manipulating anybody. It's not about manipulating God. It's not about our passion or the, the volume of words that we use. Um, it's not about the length of time that we pray. So we can just take that off the table. Maybe that helps to relieve a little bit of our angst. Last Sunday, I did what I asked all of you to do. Right after the service, I went out into the gathering space, and I walked up to somebody who had a sticker on him, and I said, hey, you pray? So do I. And the first thing this person did was hang his head and said, yeah, not very much. And I wanted to slap him <laughs> because this is the kind of angst that we're going to try to overcome, okay? We just want to pray. So let's start with this understanding. Prayer is about a conversation with God. Can we just start with it that basic? When I think of prayer, one of the best images I, that comes to my mind is conversation with my wife. And uh, I was imagining this week, what would it be like if somebody kind of gave me a checklist for how I should talk to my wife? Well, what if they gave me, you know, you got to get a certain amount of time in every day and you got to get it done in a certain place in a certain way. And here's the topics you have to talk to her about. If they gave me the night, man, that would be hard on me. Because here's how conversation usually goes with my wife. I see her and I like to talk to her. And I like to hear her talk. And so you put us in close proximity with each other, and you know what happens? Conversation, that's what happens. And that's all it is. And we don't know where it's going to go. We don't know what topics are going to come up. We don't know how it's... But we just enjoy being in conversation. What if we started with the idea that prayer is conversation? And then what if we add this to that, and we said, this conversation is actually initiated by God. That God is the one who starts it. We don't have to worry about it. You know, some of you know I'm an introvert, and I hate to start new conversations with strange people, strangers, new people. Um, it always helps if someone else can start the conversation. So what if we understood that God started the conversation? We are actually creatures, uh, his creation, and he's the one who made us. And then he wants to initiate a relationship with us. This is the thing that God desires more than anything. He wants to be in this relationship with us. We who are finite and limited... Um, do we think we could build a relationship with this God who's infinite and has no limits? Well, if we respond to him, that's prayer. It's what happens when our soul cries out. Something, we just can't hold it in. We have to respond. And whether we use a lot of words or a few choice words or no words at all, this response is prayer. And I love this definition. This comes from Steve Brown, who wrote the book, Approaching God. He says, prayer is what happens when our soul cries out to our maker, and no matter what the words, no matter what the feelings, no matter what the method, what happens is prayer. What happens when our soul responds to God, that's prayer. 
this view of prayer reminds us that prayer is this response and it's not fundamentally about us at all. It's about God. It's about who God is and what God wants to accomplish and our response to that thing. Another quote from this Steve Brown in that book, prayer begins with God. The starting point is that God is God. He is all-powerful, all-present, and all-knowing. If we ever want to know anything about God or have any relationship with God, it must come from his side. It has to start with God. He's the one who wants to be in this relationship. We pursue him only because he first pursued us. Got another quote. This one from Jesus, John 6, 44. No one comes to me unless the Father draws them in. Isn't that a beautiful promise? God initiates this. There's a quote, famous philosopher, Pascal. I would not have searched for thee had thou not already found me. That's beautiful. A theologian, A.W. Tozer, we pursue God because God put an urge in us. It sounds like God wants to be in this relationship, that God wants to stir things up. Here's a quote from a famous worship leader. Her name is Leah. God loves us. We love God back. Isn't that true? So what does this have to do with prayer? Well, prayer is a conversation with God, and God starts it. God wants to be in conversation with us, and our prayer is simply a response to that. And I find that sometimes that response is with words that are well thought out and very eloquent. And sometimes that response is with words that are really simple and profound. And sometimes that response to God, there are no words. Paul prayed this way in response to God, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of wisdom. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? That one's eloquent, well said, that your love would abound more and more in wisdom and knowledge, depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. The thief on the cross prayed something like this, Jesus, remember me in paradise. Is that a good prayer or a bad prayer? It's a pretty good prayer. A child I know prayed this prayer, God, heal my grandmother. Good prayer or bad prayer? That's a pretty good prayer. I have an addict friend who prayed this prayer, Lord, deliver me. Good prayer? Bad prayer? I know another little boy, I heard him pray this prayer, Dear Lord, thank you that we could come to church today and thank you that no one got their head crushed or they lost their arm on the way here. <laughs> How's that? Good prayer? It's <laughs> a pretty good prayer too. One of my most frequent prayers I pray multiple times every day because I just don't know how else to word this. It's a prayer I pray for my wife, Mary, and it is, Lord, bless Mary. And I find myself many times every day, just those three words. Good prayer? A few years ago, some of you know, I watched my daughter, my oldest daughter, get put into a helicopter, a life flight helicopter, and I didn't know if I was ever going to see her alive again. And when that thing took off, I didn't know what to pray. I had no words. But there was something in me crying out, 
Good prayer or bad prayer? And then I had a bunch of people here who pray, and I don't know what words they use, but they prayed some good prayers too. I had the same feeling just this past Friday in my office. I got a phone call from a single mom who was kind of at the end of her rope. She'd been working really hard to provide for her three small children, and everything was kind of collapsing around her, and she was just desperately looking for some resources to get through the week, and I didn't have a whole lot of resources to offer up to her, and uh, I tried to give her some encouragement. I did not pray with her on the phone, but I hung up and I prayed, God help her, and then I prayed a whole bunch of other really anxious feelings I didn't have words for. Good prayer, bad prayer. So I think we should learn to be, recognize prayer is conversation. And whether it's a lot of words that are really nice-sounding words or whether there are no words at all, this is our soul's response to God, and that's prayer. This is why I'm thankful for scriptural insights that come about the nature of prayer. This one from Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Isn't that beautiful? When I don't have words to pray, there is one who knows my heart and prays. And this week it just struck me for the first time, also without words, groaning on my behalf. God knows our hearts, and we, when we don't know what to say, the Spirit intercedes and prays for us. And just a few verses later, we get a little better picture of how this happens, and we're told that it happens because Jesus is right there on the throne. Jesus is right there interceding on our behalf. If you read all the way down to verse 34, you'll see that. And this is the reason why we come to the throne boldly and with confidence. And I say, don't worry about the words and getting them right and how much time or investment you're making in this, come to the throne of grace boldly. This is how the Bible talks about it in Hebrews. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are and yet did not sin. So let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. My paraphrase of this would be, because of Jesus, we should just pray. So we come right into the very throne room of God, and that's an amazing picture. But sometimes we still need a little help, maybe some framework. So these words of the apostles' prayers are that kind of framework that we're offering up to say, look, Here's some things you can use if you don't have your own words. Just use the words that are right here in Scripture. They're the same words that the apostles prayed. So we can use words like this. Paul said in Ephesians 1, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Is that a good prayer or a bad prayer? That's a pretty good prayer right there. 
And the posture of this prayer seems very similar to last week in the Philippians chapter 1, where Paul seems to have an idea of these are the things that God wants to accomplish in his people. And Paul has this absolute confidence that the God who has begun this good work is going to continue this good work until one day it's completed. And then he prays as though it's already done. That's the kind of confidence that he has as he boldly goes into the throne of grace. He says, look, God, you said this is the way you wanted to mold and shape your people, so it's, it's done. It's happened. And he prays as though it's already happened. And this prayer is not like a wishful thinking or trying to manipulate God into doing something that's not there. It's a prayer of deep gratitude for the thing that God is already working to accomplish right now in the hearts of his people. So Paul prays, give them minds to receive wisdom and revelation so that they'll truly know God. This is what God wants. He wants us to truly know him. Paul prays, open the eyes of their hearts so that the light of God's truth will flood into them. This is what God desires for us. So Paul says, God, do it. Shine your light of hope so that we may be able to embrace this inheritance that we have, the destiny that you've called us to. Reveal to them the glorious riches that God is preparing for us. This is all that Paul's praying. He's just praying these promises that God has already given in his word. Let them see the full extent of God's power at work in them. That's what Paul's praying. I see these prayers as kind of more like... um, wake up and smell the coffee kind of prayers. You know what? These are things God already is doing. God is already at work. God has already lavished this blessing. God has already given these riches. Now just open up your eyes and see it. That's what Paul's saying. And then help them to grow more and more into this. See the beauty of Jesus. See the hope of your calling. See your inheritance. See your destiny. See all these things that God is lavishing on us. This is Paul's prayer. So that could be a pretty good framework if we were sometimes without words. We maybe need a little structure, a little scaffolding to put around our life. What if we just prayed these words? And that's the thing that we're suggesting in this little series, that we can actually pray these apostolic prayers when we lack the words to pray and just use those as structure to get us started. So you've got your little outline in your bulletin again. I'd like to invite you to take that out, the little gray cell sheet that's on there. And we have some very specific kind of guidance or some principles that you might be able to follow as you're praying through these prayers. So when you pray, what we encourage you to do is take this prayer, these words of the apostles, and um, read through it slowly. Kind of dwell in the word. And then let the word start to dwell in you. Pausing over each phrase and kind of reflecting on each phrase. And then start to pray those words. And then read through it again. And pray again. And pay attention to you know where you hear God's prompting. God might draw your attention to one phrase. He might draw your attention to one word in that prayer. Well, then dwell on that and continue to offer that. And then think about people in your life or institutions or situations that you're facing. And maybe God wants to apply this prayer to a specific person, to a specific time, a specific place. Spend some time on that. And then listen to how the Holy Spirit guides you and then follow And then just repeat this process line by line or verse by verse. That's all that we're suggesting in praying these particular prayers. And so what we want to do is I'm going to invite you to keep that outline on your lap and follow through as we lead us. So we're going to do this exercise together as a congregation. I'd like to invite Lois to come up, um, and she's going to lead us in prayers. I'm going to read the phrase and slowly and carefully, and we can meditate on the phrase, and then Lois will pray as she feels led to pray about that particular phrase.
phrase, and then we'll have some silence for you to offer up your prayers or make a little notes in your outline if you want, and then we'll move through all four of these um, uh, phrases from this verse. So let's pray together. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Father, I just thank you that you are a great God and that you are a glorious Father. And how exciting that is that we can talk to you one-on-one as our glorious Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. How can we know a great God? Lord, we can never know all about you, but we can know you as little pieces and get to know you, Lord. And we just thank you that we have the ability to talk to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Father, I ask that you open our eyes. More than our physical eyes, Lord, open up the eyes of our heart. We sing that. We pray that you would really open our eyes of our heart, that we might see you, we might see through your eyes, and that we might know you, and that we might be enlightened about the hope that we have. Lord, I I think we forget about that we have such a great hope in you. And we just need to bring that, those cares, those worries to you and let you fill us with your hope and your love. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to see the riches of his glorious inheritance. Father, I thank you for every good thing that you give to us. I think first of all of our inheritance of heaven, and someday, Lord, it's going to be wonderful up there, and we're going to get to see you face to face, and that's so exciting. That's our inheritance. That's what we have to look forward to. And Lord, I also thank you for the gifts that you give us on a daily basis and those gifts that sometimes we forget about because we get so busy, but we have those gifts of peace. We have gifts of love and joy and all of those things that if we just stop and reflect, Lord, you give those to us. And that is a great inheritance because you are our Father. And you give those gifts to us freely if we ask. I pray that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened to experience his incomparably great power for us who believe. 
Father God, I think sometimes we forget that you are God and you have infinite power and that you have control and it's not about us. And sometimes we just need to stop and remember that you are a great God. And we can worry all we want, but you have the power to control things. And we thank you for that, God. And we thank you that you are working in our lives, that you are using that power, and we need to draw on that power, Lord. We just thank you for your incomparably great power. Amen. I have the honor as a, one of the elders this morning to, to lead us in the, 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 uh, the, the people's prayer, the prayer of the people. And this morning, again, I uh, ask you to listen for the pauses that will be there. Uh, for the names of the people who are on your heart, for the opportunity to pray those names. Won't you please join me? Dear Lord in heaven, we come to you this morning, Lord, knowing that you are waiting for us to come to you, Lord, knowing that you want us to bring our prayers of our hearts to you. This morning, Lord, we come to you with so many things in our hearts, Lord. We, we come to you with the unrest that's happening in our country today with the police shootings. Lord, we just pray for those victims that, that their families would be comforted, Lord, that you would reach out to them and let them know that, that there is justice and that if they'll be patient, Lord, that they'll, things will happen. And, Lord, we just pray that you would give them your peace. Lord, we also pray for the, the police in Dallas who were shot, Lord. And we, we just ask, Lord, that you would be with the whole community of Dallas and that you would be with those people and help them to have patience in your word. Lord, help us to reach out to each other instead of pushing ourselves apart. Lord, help us to embrace diverse ideas rather than attacking. Lord, help us to be your people and to be that road in between all the differences that help people to see that there is light and there is hope in you. Lord, this morning we pray for our friends and our families who are sick or ill. Lord, we just ask that you would be with them, people like Allie Becker, Lord, who continues to be in pain and continues to have problems with her with her life, Lord, and just enjoying it and being able to witness to you. Lord, for all of those others that we have in our hearts today, we ask and we give those names to you now. Lord, we also pray for our military. We ask, Lord, that as they are out there still fighting in this world for peace and protection for our country, Lord, we just pray that you would be with them, that you would bring them home safely to their families. And to those whose lives have been taken, Lord, we just pray that, again, you would be with those families. So, Lord, for our military, we give you those names now.
Lord, we pray for those in our community who are, are without, who are without food, who are without homes, who are without jobs. Lord, we just pray that your resources would come through the community, through our own hearts and through our own hands to those around us. Lord, help us to open our eyes, to see through your eyes the opportunities that there are in this community to help and to serve others. And specifically now, Lord, for those people who are homeless, for those people who are jobless, for those people who are in need, we bring you those names now. And finally, Lord, we bring to you all of those missionaries who are out there in our world today taking your light to the world, whether it's words of hope through the radio foundations, whether it's the people who are walking the streets in, in fear and danger for their lives. Lord, we, we ask you and we thank you that you have given them your spirit, not one of, of, of timidness, but one of bravery. Lord, we ask that you would to continue to support those people and that you would open our eyes and our hearts to supporting them as well. Lord, help us to pray more often for them. Help us to give more freely to them. Lord, that your spirit and your word might get to the ends of the earth. Lord, for those missionaries on our hearts today, we bring them to you. Lord, thank you for being the Father that you are and allowing us to bring these things to you, knowing that in your time and in your way, you will answer them. In your name we pray. Amen. We now have the opportunity of giving back to the Lord for all the blessings that he has given us through our offering. The deacons will come forward now.
Won't you please stand to receive a blessing this morning? As you go out into this world, go with this good news. Everywhere you go, you go with the love of our Heavenly Father. You go in the grace of His Son, Jesus Christ, and you go in the power of His Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Peace, serve the Lord.